Hey guys, welcome to the Matt Burn Podcast, episode 5, brought to you by Josh Hinger and Keenan Cornelius, sometimes co-host, maybe assistant co-host Keenan Cornelius. Dude, so Flow Grappling is so stupid, you can't even search fights on their website. You have to search it in Google, and then it shows up like a Flow Grappling result. No. Yeah. No. Dude, I they literally told yeah. me, see... You do that to find stuff. Well, they, on changed, flow. they changed it. It just no. It's just their search function is just not very good for a website. Pretty sure you can search specific events for specific matches. I don't know my flow grappling login. I know mine. This does look a little better with it darker. I think. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Dennis and Rossi, a Southern California law firm focusing on employment claims for things like unpaid wages, harassment wrongful termination they don't do any other type of law only employment cases so if your company is screwing you over paying you overtime incorrectly not getting all of your breaks or lunches or snacks if you're being harassed or discriminated against hold on did you did you just say snacks yeah does it say that on the script no oh okay i'm deviating <laughs> i see if you're not just getting saying your snack breaks if that's yeah true you're supposed to get snack breaks okay like 15 minutes every every two hours. Really? I don't know. There's a law about it. I've never worked a job like that. Well, yeah, let's talk about how the fact that you've never had a real job. That's, actually really, that's really interesting. So if you're being harassed or discriminated against, give them a call. They fight for workers' rights against big corporations. They love suing big corporations. Their phone number is 714-242-4557. Or visit the website, www.dennisrossilaw.com. Consultations are always free, and the attorneys and staff speak Spanish, unlike Keenan, who speaks no other languages. Uh, <clears throat> Except sarcasm. Yeah. You speak that very well. I'm kind of distracted at the moment because I'm still kind of in the process of setting stuff up, but I think it's working. Well, anyways, if you guys want to sue your bosses, check out Dennis and Rossi. It's not <laughs> really suing the boss. You're suing the boss's boss. You know what would be good is I can... I can splice the live chat into the video after, so people who are watching the video, they can see what people were saying. Cool. Know. Could could think could be something. Do we have any other sponsors to speak about today? Um, the Marianas Open. I want to give a big shout out to the Marianas Open for supporting the podcast and uh, for hosting a super awesome tournament on the beautiful island of Guam. Marianas Open is going down in August. There's going to be a cash prize. It's an abs. They're holding eight an eight man bracket above 180. And an eight-man bracket below 180, and I believe it's, I can't say how much, but there's a big cash prize for each division. In the past, it's been $10,000 for the different absolute divisions. We're not sure what it is this time. But yeah, the Marianas Open is a really awesome event, and I've fought in it twice now. And everyone should go fight in those events. Yeah, of course, everyone cannot enter the cash prize tournament, but they have regular divisions with smaller cash prizes. But, you know, if you're a pro black belt, give them a call. Maybe they can squeeze you into the bracket. That's the thing, too. If you're just thinking about going, you're also going to see a really high-quality, high-level tournament going on. Professional black belts. Professional black belts, yeah. Yes. And, Josh, I have, some, I have a confession to make to you. So, you know, we have our separate fan bases that have kind of merged for our podcast. Um, I've been doing some extracurricular podcasting of my own, but it's been through live streaming without actual podcast equipment and 
So basically what you've always done. What I've always done, yeah. But instead, I know you are upset when I tell people that your last name is Hinger and not Hinger. So now everyone pronounces it correctly, Hinger, but they're all spelling it Hinger. <laughs> so don't be surprised if you see people. They're spelling it with a J? With a J. <laughs> That's oh my correct. God. <laughs> so in the chat so far, everyone's been referring to you as H-I-N-J-E-R. <laughs> yeah, Hinger. <laughs> but I think it was a good compromise because... Which is why it was stupid that anyone thought it was Hinger to begin right. with. Because with, Hinger requires a J. That was the discussion. I was like, well, let's just spell it phonetically how we would say it. Like Inger, I-N-J-U-R. Oh, yeah. E. Hinger is how it's being spelled now. It's Hinger. So I instructed my my audience that if they're ever commenting on your posts to spell it cr- the correct way, which is I don't H-I-N-J. even believe you at all. I yeah. bet you encourage them to spell it incorrectly. You're probably like, hey, that's, yeah, that's exactly what hey, I did. Hey, guys, this is Keenan Cornelius. I didn't say it like that. Me, make, and, make me sure. and my live stream, we're very chill. It's like very mellow. It's like we're just hanging out. Hey, friends. I don't say it. Make sure you misspell Josh's name to piss him off. It was something like that. I'm Keenan Cornelius. Keenan Cornelius. <laughs> I'm Keenan Cornelius. Keenan Cornelius. Oh, no, I forgot that the freaking alerts are on. It's going to ruin the. Oh, God. It's going to ruin this the post production. on your face. Um, so we were supposed to do the Marigali match breakdown, but once sense. again, Keenan. No, we could technically we could technically technically do it. Here you are. You're supposed to be I my you're today. supposed to be my production guy, video audio production no, look, master, computer wizard, and, and I, I am. And yet you seem unprepared every single episode. No, this is being this is recorded properly. It's just we've really up upgraded our our setup. Our setup. We're getting less janky by the week. Like, guys, check this out. Like, we have, like, some legit equipment. We got knobs. Look, we at, all, to, look at all the colors. This is lights. Josh's volume because he's so quiet all the time. We had to swoop him up a little bit to compensate for his soft girl voice. And I had to turn mine down because I have that booming You've had that, baritone. You have that nasally poindexter voice. Yeah, it just really pierces some, those, something those microphones. A, something out of a cartoon. Yeah. Which cartoon oh, character they, would yeah, you be? Do you guys like that. Which cartoon character would you be? He-Man. <laughs> Same haircut. I think I could rock that haircut. In fact, I did rock that haircut as a kid. There's a picture of me that... Yeah, Andre Gaval is calling me right now. Do you think he wants to chime in on the podcast? Awkward. <laughs> maybe save. Maybe just send him to voicemail. Are you going to send Andre to voicemail right no, now? No, I'm just going to... That's rude. I'm going to ignore it. Yeah, same thing. So what's on the agenda today, Josh? I have a class to go teach at 12 o'clock, so we have about an oh, hour. Oh, it's 12 o'clock. You told me it was 11. Did I? Now you're going to be super late. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to do judo at 11, but I guess I can skip judo today. So you're going to be late, more or less. Well, I'm not going to do judo. So you're going to be super late. Missed the entire class. Crystal's cooking up something good over there. It smells good. I'm just saying, are you going to be late or no? No. You sure? I've been teaching there for the last three weeks. Never been late. Never? No. I get there early. I get there a half hour (laughs) early. I love how you use the word never in the past three weeks. In the past three weeks, I've never been late. You asked me. No, it's, since it's I've fun, been there, I'm I've just never saying been it's late. a funny way to phrase it because it makes it sound like you're never late, but you're actually just referring to the past three weeks. I've been. Li- it's like I've never been late, guys. For all the events in, in that the past, I've been in the, invited no, 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 listen, to, let me where finish. I was no, let me finish. No, no, no. For all the events that I've been invited to, hangout sessions, public events, teaching seminars, for the last three years, I've been late all of six times. Four That's times a- were at Otto's training <laughs> sessions. <laughs> The other two times were for seminars, and it was because my Uber driver was telling me about his former 
cocaine addiction as he sped through a red light. It was the scariest moment of my life, dude. He ran the red light? Dude, so in, was it like an early, like a late yellow no, light? No, like I'm in Arizona. In Arizona, it's like this. It was just red. And he was yeah, it. like it was these big parkways, like kind of like in Irvine, how they have those big four lane yeah. streets, but they're not highways. And we're driving, and he's telling me about how he recovered from a cocaine addiction and how he's getting his life together, and he's trying to save money Uber driving to uh, get out of Arizona. And Arizona sucks. It's hot. It's so, hot there. It doesn't so suck. Like, it's just super. So like, hot. as he's telling me, he's making direct eye contact with me in the the rearview mirror. And I'm kind of like, is that okay. direct eye contact? I don't think it's direct. But like, he's just locked on my eyes in, in the room. Indirect mirror. eye contact. Okay, but he's not looking at the road at all. Okay. And I'm kind of like, why aren't you like? Are you okay? like? Are you going to be able to drive looking at me like this? Like you're staring at me. And so a red light is up there. I see it coming, and I'm just assuming he's going to slow down. But I, like, there's that sort of weird apprehension. Like, what is about to happen right now? And I wanted to say something, but I didn't. And next thing you know, he just goes straight through a red light. There were other cars going. Get but the because, fuck out. Yes, like, but a, because, like a movie. Yeah. Literally, he just goes straight through it, and we don't hit anyone. And, and then two semi-trucks cross paths right behind Yeah, him. it was like, it was crazy. Like, I could have died. In another universe, I died there. Like, did, it was did, probably a 25% chance that we hit someone and I get did you killed. Give, did you give him a rating? Um, so, give, so for the rest of the drive, he was just apologizing to me. Oh, so he owned it. He saw what he did and he owned yeah, it. Yeah, and he was like, I'm when, so sorry. At like, what point did he realize like mid red light intersection. Like, yeah, like right, like right as we were passing under the red light. And it was just too late to do anything yeah. about it. And he was just like, "Man, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll, I'll give you a, a di- he he wouldn't even give me a free ride. He, he said he'd give me a discount. Uh, so I gave him three stars. Three? Yeah, <laughs> for almost killing you. Yeah. Wow, you're too generous. Three stars. Good, good attempt. Try better next time to kill me. Like <laughs> three stars. You were close. Five stars if you succeed. Not today, Satan. Yeah. Today is not the day I die. And it made, it makes me not want to go back to Arizona. Arizona's weird, dude. Arizona is the wild, wild west. Fun fact, you can open carry pistols on your hip anytime you want, anywhere you want. And it's like they know that they've got nothing going on there, so they put all of their money into, like, making comfortable living situations. So dur- during the day there, they don't go out. It's too hot. You'll die. Yeah, I was like, so what do you guys do from, like, 12 to 5? And they're like, we just stay inside. Hibernate. They stay in their houses. Yeah. And they just specifically stay in there with AC units. And one guy who came to my seminar while I was there was like talking about an emergency that he had. And his emergency was that his AC was broken. And you you can't live there in a house without AC. If your AC is broken, you will die. You'll die. It reaches 120 degrees. Yeah, for sure. I lived there for three years. Really? You did that for three years? Yeah, I lived in Tucson for three years. Why? That's, that's where I started teaching jujitsu. What? It was in Tucson. How did how does one person how does one end up in Tucson? I was invited to come teach jujitsu and I was working at Bank of America and I fucking hated it. You used to work at Bank of America? That was my last corporate job, yeah. You were like a teller or what? Yeah. I was a merchant teller. I would do, So you would, be, would you do, were the guy at the tables. I would do the big transactions on the I was in I had my own little box and I would do the like the big merchant transactions. Wow, and I was only there for three months though, and then I hated it so much. Uh, I was I messaged my buddy. And I was complaining about my life. Can you put this over there? But hold it from the. I was complaining about how much I hated my life, my Bank of America life, and he said, "Hey, why don't you just come to Arizona and teach jujitsu?" Can you adjust it down a little bit? Right there should be good. We're in Josh's living room of his fighter house that he's put together. Not really a fighter house. It's. This looks better. Now they can see a little bit. You see the shoe wall. See, it's not that long of a delay. It's like 15 seconds. 
Yeah, so he invited me to come teach jujitsu, and I just quit my job right there on the spot, packed my car, moved to Arizona, and started chasing the jujitsu dream. That's honorable, man. I thought you were in financial, like, yeah. city planning. So after my three years in Tucson, I went to Indiana, and I went to graduate school for three years, and I studied Central Eurasian languages and finance. And then after three years in school and racking up $50,000 in student debt, then I decided to pursue jiu-jitsu professionally. If you could go back and start your life over again after high school, would you have gone to college? Undergrad, yes. But not? Maybe not grad school. Not grad school. Grad school is for something. If you know what you want to do with yourself, if you have a reason to go to graduate school, it's a good idea. If you need to, if you want to pursue a career that requires an advanced degree in something very specific, yeah, you should do that. If you know that you want to do jujitsu professionally full time, no, probably not. But undergrad is good. You should go to undergrad just to learn how to use your damn brain. Yeah. Uh, for the live stream, guys, if you can't hear us, that's just because you're not hearing us from the mics. The mics are actually really high quality, and you can definitely can hear us through this, but. Your stream is different than what we're recording. Well, I I did I went to college as well for three days, Com- combined around three days, but it was over the course of a year and a half. I bet you really like the fact that college professors don't care if you show up late. I would just not show up at all. I would go train jujitsu instead. I would do that sometimes. Yeah, but so why'd you quit? I. Quit college? Why did I quit college? Because yeah. I moved to Team Lord Urban. So, I so I was where, in college where? and I was trying. To, I was in Hawaii at University of Hilo. <laughs> I got in because I did well on my SATs. I knew the dean of administration. He trained with me, and he was like, "I was 16, and I was like, I need, my parents are making me go to school. I don't want to go back to high school. I already had my GED, but they say I have to do something. Like you I were worried take, they were going to send you back to high school." Like, guys, please don't send me back. Yeah, dude, I was 16. I got my, G- I got my GED. Don't Seriously, send me I back. thought I was going to have to go back to high school, dude. Yeah, you didn't realize terrible. that the GED means you're done. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I was a 16, dude. I just was literally yeah. just, no. I, the only thing I thought about was jujitsu. Don't, don't know shit about shit. I don't know what was going on. I just knew that my parents were making me do stuff that I didn't care about, and I just was worried about jujitsu. So I knew the dean of administration. He said if you score a certain score above, he could admit me. And so I didn't study, but I nailed it, and I did well in the SAT. Not that, I don't think it's a study test. It's like you just know. It's like problem solving, mostly. You can't study for the content. You can study for the style. Okay. Right? You can learn strategies on how to, you know, make wise decisions. Yeah, like I had no eliminate, idea I Eliminate the worst option, you know. Take your four options down to two options, and then... Right. I was always a pretty good test taker. And so I wasn't. So I got into I got into the college and I started taking marine biology and computer science and a few other classes like Asian philosophy. I studied Asian philosophy for a year. Seriously? Yeah. I learned like all about like Confucianism. Confucius. Tell us more. I don't I don't remember. Confucianism. Confucianism. I don't know if that's correct. I think it's Confucianism. It's confusionism. Confusionism. That's <laughs> I'm an expert in confusionism. But, yeah, so I studied there for a little bit, and then I was just like, man, what am I really doing here? Am I really going to be doing this with my life? I already know what I'm going to do with my life. I had, I had You'd already decided jujitsu yeah, was it. Dude, I was having way too much success in the training room to 
for it to be denied. Okay, but did you ask yourself, it's not about whether you're, you have the abilities to do jiu-jitsu full-time. The question is, is can you make like a living? Yeah, is it possible to even survive? So for me at the time, I didn't care about that. Like as long as I could eat, I was surviving. So my original goal, I remember thinking this a lot when I was 16, 17, 18. I was like, all I want is for my jiu-jitsu to be able to pay for my jiu-jitsu. Like pay yeah, like yeah. gym memberships and like let me survive so yeah. I can train it. I reached that goal really fast right when I moved to Team Lloyd Urban, but I failed at it before that when I I moved to Irvine first when I was eighteen and tried to train at uh the Gracie Baja gym and they wouldn't give me free tuition. They were making me pay and then I tried to get a job with them. I was like, Can you will you let me like work here or do something? They're like, We don't have any availability at this location, but you can go teach it like 45 minutes down the road and then come here to train. But I was like, dude, I came here to train. Like I didn't come here to work in another gym and train there. And I don't have, this is Gracie Baja headquarters Yeah, in Irvine. And I didn't, I don't have a car, so I'd have to take a bus and it would just like eat up all my time just to work and live there. And so I ran out of money and had to go back to Hawaii. And then I got, uh, I actually got kicked out of BJ Penn's gym for being late. No, (laughs) it was actually another crazy story, dude. Gym, gym owners. Why do you just, have so many crazy stories, man? Dude, I've been kicked out of like three gyms in, the, in my <laughs> life. And I, I'm not doing anything bad, really. Like, I got kicked out of BJ Penn's gym, not by BJ Penn, but by one of his brothers, who was the gym manager, who was really upset that I was teaching privates. What's his name? I don't want to say his name, but you can imagine. I mean, his last okay. name's Penn. Okay. But <laughs> there's a bunch of them. There's like eight brothers or something. But he was in charge of managing it. And I was teaching these kids privates. Their parents, like, saw that I was running all the classes, basically. Like, at the time, Shuruta Verissimo was the teacher. and he Bro, would, I had a barbecue at that guy's house. Yeah, he wouldn't show up to training ever. He's he cool, never, though. He would never show up to the classes he was supposed to teach, so I would always run the classes. He's super Hawaiian, huh? Yeah, he runs on that style. Yeah. But I, uh, I think he's in Charlotte now, or South Carolina or something, North Carolina or something. But anyway, so I would teach all the classes as a purple belt, and... Students like from the kids program would start coming to me and be like asking for private lessons. So I was like, sure, this is my like I can start making some money. Awesome. You're and it, blue, purple belt, purple. And I started doing private lessons like in the gym, like it was publicly like I was there, like anyone could see that I was you doing them. You weren't trying to hide it. Yeah, I wasn't trying to hide it or like sneak them off somewhere else. I was just doing them there. I didn't know that it was wrong or like I wasn't allowed to do them. But apparently all the private lessons had to go through the like on through desk. the manager yeah and they have to know about it and it's all got to be like did you have to pay a portion of your private lessons i think that was like what they're upset about is like i didn't think about that that they would need that you know right i didn't have a comprehension that like a g- the gym was the reason i got the private lessons like that's their facility so stuff that happens in there it's like their so business everybody every gym wants their cut of the private lesson yeah so like i didn't understand that and so i was 17 and teaching private lessons and no one said anything for months and then <laughs> one day I like messed up on like the closing out tally, like where you have to like list all the purchases that happened that day. And like, it all has to add up in the register or something. And I messed up. And then I think actually I was, I was late one day. <laughs> so like two things happened at oh, once. Oh yeah. You were late. Yeah. I, Surprise. Yeah, I've been late in the past. Wow. I'm not going to lie about it. I wasn't, I wasn't always as punctual as I have been <laughs> for the last five years. But, uh, so yeah, he got really mad at me and kicked me out. And I wasn't like on the spot. He's like, get out. Don't ever come back. Yeah. It was like a, like he blew up at me 
Really? And I was just like, that's awkward. And all the other, like, there's a couple other front desk workers that I worked with, and they were just like, oh shit, like this was. And that had probably been building up. He just wanted, he probably wanted to give it to you for so long. Yeah. And like, it just built up, and he just exploded all over you. So I, I wonder if it was like, because like, I was kind of becoming the jujitsu authority at that gym. Like, even though no one knew me outside of the gym, in the gym, people would ask me the questions about stuff. So I think there may have been like some like you should like people people should be going to the gym manager who was a black belt and who would teach a lot too and he, maybe there was like some some tension, tension. yeah um, and so I got kicked out I went and trained to a guy who you should stop fucking with that tripod because you're making noises really yep I'm just nervous thinking about reliving this situation. I know I can still I can tell you're getting anxious someone just take donated a, us two dollars hey, he said take a take a deep breath please bring Gal Val on the address maybe he meant podcast. On to address. Oh, my lateness. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get there, guys. I'm actually, I'm actually planning on doing an interview uh, with Professor Andre sometime in the next seven days. Audio only. There will be no streaming because Keenan's the streaming production wizard. Anyways, go on. Oh, gym, gym manager. I was just you. gonna let it die there. Yeah. So I got kicked out, and that was after I came back from Irvine, and so I was like, damn it. Now, like, I, I don't have a place to go train outside of Hawaii. And now I don't have a place to train in Hawaii. So I started training at this little gym, like, down the street in Hilo. And I was just, like, I started just, like, messaging Lloyd Irvin. <laughs> I was like, man. Like, he was I, the only guy you knew of that. Yeah, he was the only guy I knew of that had a competition team that right. I could join. And, like, they had, like, that was when the Metal Chaser videos were coming out. And they were showing their competition team. And DJ and all these guys were, like, wrecking shop at these tournaments. And they had, like a video guy following them around. I was like, I want to be a part of that. That's awesome. And so I contacted him, sent him my videos of my competition and told him my whole resume of like competing, which wasn't that impressive. I'd won some Nagas. Nagas. Yeah. But I was like, told him my whole thing. 27 time Naga champion in Hawaii. Not even. I I had won like one gold medal at a Naga. Everything else was bronzes and silvers. And, but I sent him video, and he saw that I was, like, flexible, and I had pretty good movement. And he was like, okay, if you can get out here, you can come out. I got you. Yeah. And so I told him I was coming, and then my mom intervened and was like, you can't go. And so for, like, four months after I had said I was coming, I didn't go. So, so I was four months late. So he thought you were full of shit. And that's where it all, all the lateness started. I was four months late to Lloyd Irvin. The worst so, part so about it is you're blaming your mom. Don't it was. It, don't blame your mom, me. bro. I was 17. Look, I it, wasn't allowed. When to I'm do teaching anything. the kids class and the kid shows up with the, uh, without his belt, I'm like, what happened? Where's your belt? And they're like, my mom forgot it. I'm like, yeah. don't blame your mother. It's a little different in this situation because I was telling my mom I was moving to the other side of the country on a sponsorship with no money. And where was I going to? Like, she was like, what are you doing? That's insanity. Yeah, I'm Why just going to go live that? with this old, this man. He has a house yeah. in Maryland. Mom. And there's a bunch of, and she had no understanding. I'm gonna of what go live with this on. this man. He's a he's a real estate guy. Yeah, there was no in, there was no infrastructure that exists <laughs> of jujitsu like there is now. Like if you tell someone, you can show them all these competitions and people that are doing it and successful. Back then, there was nothing. This was 2009. And and the funniest part is, your mom was the one that got you to leave Lloyd Evans. Yeah, right. <laughs> she, she never wanted. At me the there. end of the day, yeah. like when all the stuff happened, she was the one that got you to leave. Yeah. So I I. I messaged him again when I was actually ready to go. I was like, hey, I'm actually coming now. And he never responded. Yeah, so, he probably laughed at you and said, right. come on, son. So now I'm like, he wouldn't respond. And I was like, damn it. Like, am I still invited? Like, can I go even anymore? Like, no one knows I'm going to come. I don't know if you even saw the message. But guess who I knew who was there? Andres. 
Oh, Andres was my connect, so I was like, Andres, I'm coming out. How did like, you How did you know Andres? We had trained together as white belts in Northern California. Is that, we, is he that went town. Yeah, he went to Ohio, and I went to Hawaii. That That was when we were like 14, and then we we split and went our separate ways. And then we oh, because you're from Northern California. Yeah, we yeah, both that, were. That's your home. I forgot. And so oh. I went to Hawaii. He went to Ohio, and we stayed in contact on. I don't even know what was it MySpace. I don't even know what we were. Friendster. Saying. I don't know what was around back then. Do you even remember Friendster? No, that was before my time. It like happened like right before MySpace, but I think it was through MySpace or something. And then uh, he ended up going to Lloyd Irvin's, and that's why I went. And so I showed up, and Lloyd was like, "Cool, you made it." Jumped, <laughs> jumped in the train, and like I, I was just there, and that was it. And he just fucked everyone up from then on. But I had to, um, I had to write like a book report. Who was the man at Lloyd Irvin's when you showed up? Jimmy and JT. Jimmy who? Harbison. Harbin- uh, Harbinson. And JT. Yeah, people don't know about Jimmy because he kind of just didn't like competing in jiu-jitsu anymore, and he became an MMA coach, kind of like Dylan Danis style, but actually <laughs> cool. But Jimmy Harbison was like one of the best American black belts that no one knows. Did he, did he have a higher rank than JT? Uh, yeah. He so he would actually him and JT were like their they were main training partners, and they had started training in New Jersey together. Uh-huh. So like Jimmy to JT was like me to Andres, like they just yeah, knew yeah. each other forever. But Jimmy had a judo black belt, and he was, like, this curly-headed, like, he was just so cool, man. He was, like, the coolest dude So ever. where is he right now? I think he's in San Diego. we got to get him in here. He he went to Alliance, the MMA gym, to teach for them. Yeah. Because he had connections to Brandon Vera and a lot of the UFC <laughs> fighters who were connected to Lloyd. And so he left. But Jimmy was, like, he he knew all of the leg locks, like, way before anyone was doing the cool leg locks. He knew, like, crazy, like, elbow locks. This is he, like 2008? 2009, 2010. Okay. He won the Grand Slam brown belt in like 2011 or 2010. There's not a lot of videos of him, but if you if you search, like he had a really interesting style. He was like all closed guard and judo, but it was super cool. Hey, closed guard is awesome. The most underrated jiu-jitsu guard. Yeah, it's just the most difficult to actually be successful with. It's It's like mount, but upside down. Upside down mount, yeah. It's upside down mount. It should, it, like on paper, it should be the strongest position, but it's just hard to like submit people from there. Everyone's really good. At every, did you see DJ fight this weekend in the subversive? I didn't see it, but I trained with him recently. Yeah, me too. It was pretty fun. Um, yeah, DJ is the man at avoiding submissions inside close guard. The whole event was super interesting, actually. What it, was it exactly? It was fight to win slash sub- subversive. And... The subversive was the last five matches. They put a team of 10th Planet guys against a team of quote-unquote IBJJF competitors. And I think everyone who was on the, uh, it was called Red Bowie. The Red Bowie team was their uh, CBD company, but I can't talk about them because they compete with my CBD sponsor. Okay. Um, But anyways, the Red Bowie team was all IBJJF no-gi world champions. And they were fighting 10, um, they were fighting five of 10th Planet guys in submission only 10 minute matches with ebi overtime rules and the winning team got ten thousand dollars i have to plug my computer in before it dies they actually asked me if i wanted to do it gustavo batista was supposed to be on it as the um the third match and they asked me if i wanted to do it but i had a seminar in florida so i couldn't do it um and then i think gabriel almeida ended up subbing in for Gustavo Batista. But I'd actually already, I already competed against that guy, the guy that Gabriel won against, uh, Kyle Bain. 
Bane, Boehm. It looks like Boehm, but pronounced Bane, which sounds way cooler. But I don't understand the spelling to the pronunciation. Anyways, 10th Planet pretty much took it. They swept it. They won four out of the five matches. Really? Yeah. So DJ lost or he won? DJ is the only one who won. Dang. Was his team just weak? I mean, on paper, no. But no, all, all the matches were really, really good. But the tenth planet guys just dominated the overtime. Yeah, like, they, like you, literally nobody could hold on to them. Like it looked like they were just like a couple of like greased, hairless monkeys. Okay, and they just like no matter how tight a back control everyone got on them, they wiggled out like super super fast. Like you could just tell that's their format. Dude. You can just tell, yeah. It's they they've like, been practicing hey, this, their back escapes, and like honestly, like even DJ held on for a little while, but man, they slipped out of these back. Positions so fast. Damn. It was actually really impressive. Even body triangles. Man, people had body triangles locked up, and they were still twisting their hips and, and the, getting... The was, back... I mean, the back is one of those positions that's... It's at, easier to escape than you think if you know the right techniques to do Right, it. if you know how to twist those if hips. If you really know how to get out of it, you can do it. Like, I, I keep referencing my one match, basically, that I had this year was versus Mergali, where he almost took my back and I escaped. But it's like, it's possible to escape back attacks, even against the best guys. Yeah, no, they definitely did a really good job. The ma- all the matches in regulation were, were super fun to watch. It was actually a really, really good event. It was super suspenseful. Like, I was in Florida, like, and it was super late. It was like 1 a.m. because of the time difference. And I knew I had to sleep, but it was super interesting to watch. And I was super suspenseful, and I couldn't go to sleep afterwards because it was so suspenseful. Someone just donated a dollar and 12 cents, but I couldn't see their message. Well, thank you for the extra 12 cents. <laughs> what was the, what was, do we have a question? Yeah, they had a question, but... I don't know how to actually read it now because it's gone. But anyways, the po- the point is everyone was kind of talking shit, I guess, before the event. They were saying that the Red Bowie team was going to crush 10th Planet, and then 10th Planet just fucking stepped up and handled it. Yeah, 10th Planet gets a lot of hate in the super fight community or, like, tournaments. People think they're not on, like, they don't have the level to contend, really. But I think they're getting it together. No, they got a solid team for sure. Um, Geo's amazing. I, I've trained with Geo. Like, oh yeah, so Geo beat uh, Joao Miao. Joao Miao, yeah, yeah. But so, it was a really good match. Like it was really good, man. Like Joao was going for it. Geo was going for it. Like it was really interesting. It was really good. Okay, the guy who donated says, "This is for you, Josh." It's not a question. It's just a statement. He says, "Josh, I've been following your weightlifting tips and I've gained twenty kilograms of fat." <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? Because he's probably eating all the Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. So part of the weightlifting program is not Ben and Jerry's, but I just like Ben and Jerry's. So lay off. Do more reps. Look at your bicep in there. Do that's more reps, and, bro. That's a Ben and Jerry's bicep right there. Try to put try to put whatever you, whatever you do for ten reps on the on the squat rack, and then do twenty. You'll lose that fat real quick. Yeah, turns goes from goes from like strength, a strength workout to a cardio workout real quick. So one thing I would just want to say real fast. Um, a lot of times people confuse which meow is which, but they are very different. Joao versus Paulo is like a two very different people. Are you talking about stylistically or are you talking about personality? I don't know their personalities, but I mean stylistically and like Paulo is the one that they send in when he like you need to kick some ass. Yeah, for sure. Joao is a much more mellow of a fighter. Not as aggressive, not as strong. Paulo's bigger, right? They look around the same size, but Paul is just a little more filled out. 
My theory is that they were there's three meows. But if someone has to go to Rooster, it's Joel. Yeah, but here's here's what I think happened. Because if you watch the difference in their performances, it's noticeably different. And when I fought both of them, it's noticeably different, like challenging wise. So I think there was actually three meows. There are triplets, and in utero, Paulo absorbed the other twin, the that, triplet. That happens, yeah. And so he resorbed the third meow, and that's where he got the double strength. So that's why. He... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. All right. What do you think? Yeah. We, we can call him Paulo Meow Meow. Yeah. He's like a. He's double meow. He's two meows in one. Yeah. So even though there's twins, there's actually three meows. You know what happened one. during that match with Joao uh, and Gio? Joao smiled. And I had never seen a meow smile. They're happy now, man. I've They're ne- living it up in New York. Yeah, probably because they're filthy rich. How many times have they won $40,000? From what? Like World Pro? You like have to win the absolute to win ACB? Yeah. No, they make they make good money competing for sure. Man, they've, they've won and they some, do seminars and stuff. They've won they just some don't have big, any products. Really. Multiple times they've won humongous paychecks, and they don't. I'm sure they don't spend their money on anything. Yeah, true. Because they sleep in Unity. No, they don't. They well, have they, an apartment. Well, they used to. They they used to be like the full on favela kids, like sleeping on the mats in Cesar Costa. Yeah, I respect it, man. They but, only could eat because there was a restaurant that sponsored them down the street, and now they're those guys are amazing. They made it. They they're I'm like happy incredible, to be incredibly consistent and amazing work ethic. I'm happy that I've been able to follow their entire career since Purple, and I'm probably going to follow them until they're old, and that's cool. And they're I think they're going to be like. They're going to be some jujitsu legends that like the, the future generations only hear about and they just don't even believe it because it's just too crazy. Like people are going to tell them the future generations about the meows and the, the kids are just not even going to believe it. They're like, no way. Nobody did that. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, this is what they did. Nobody could pass this guy's guard for decades. I passed once at Brown Belt. Yeah. Doesn't count. Why not? There's nothing that happens at the color belt counts when you're a black belt. That's all I've got, dude. Except I will say brown belt world champion dude, counts. Okay, brown belt world champion. That's legit. Purple but belt, like, brown belt. If you're if you're like in your, if you have days. your second degree in your black belt and you're still talking about that Pan Am victory at purple uh, belt, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck. Could have been a contender. Like you, you always like to mention your your double grand slam at purple belt. I don't. I don't always mention that. But thanks for bringing it up. That uh, two years in a row, I had a pretty a pretty crazy run. And here you are coming up on your second degree on your black belt, and you're still talking about that purple belt victory. Because that's when I was like, that was the starving artist. It's like, it's like Al Bundy, you know, always talking about those four touchdowns that he scored in a one football. I don't game. follow that, but you don't know about Married with Children. I just dated myself, didn't I? Dude, you're old. You don't. You know you're about so Mar- old. You know about Married with Children. I need to replug in the aud- the video feed because it keeps cutting out. But do you not know? Fuck, bro, be careful. This is a sensitive box. Keenan bought this really cool podcaster box from Australia. Took three Why weeks. It is from Australia. Well, someone told me that. That's why it took three weeks to get here. Because you paid for a snail mail. They had to strap it to the back of a dolphin and send it across the ocean. It finally got here. Anyways, I'm just going to go ahead and say congratulations to 10th Planet on an excellent performance last weekend. Yeah. Good on you. So guys. should we get into any topics that we were supposed to cover? Um, you know, there's things that we can talk about. Hey, question. 
Yep. Do you think it's good for black belts to receive their degrees based strictly on time and not on performance at all? So let's say you are, you and I got promoted almost around the same time. We're within a few months of each other. So let's say like you stayed as an active competitor, active seminar instructor, active teacher. And let's say I don't really do shit. Right. Hypothetically. We know that this is not the truth, but hypothetically, I don't do shit. I don't really teach. I train sometimes at open mats. I don't compete. I don't really do anything. I, I, I train sometimes. Is it right for us both to get degrees at the same time? If you're being super active, you're competing, you're winning, you're when teaching. You put it, when you put it on like that drastic of a difference, like everything versus nothing, it doesn't really make sense. But like if you're basing it off performance, then that's hard because very few people can actually. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to go win big tournaments to get your promotions. Otherwise, no one would get the promotions. But what I'm saying is, should you continue to actively give back to jujitsu like you have yeah. to you're promote you have to promote the sport support the sport teach people spread jujitsu spread the knowledge in order to to be active just be an active black belt right yeah contributing contributing to the industry as opposed to not you know like getting promoted this just based on time i think is silly right every yeah. three years you just get a degree like no matter what you did whether you did anything or not I, t- I totally agree with you. I think you, but there's no way to really track it. Like what if, well, you, someone has to give the promotion just like someone has to give you a Brown belt. I they, think they have to decide on the, based on their subjective opinion, whether you deserve a promotion or not. And I think that's what should happen with degrees too. I think Galval should just like fucking look at me one day and be like, you know what? I think you're a second degree now. Boom. So someone like Louie, for example, who's only trains like like he doesn't train as much as he used Sensei to. Louis is a third degree black belt who trains at Autos and he's like 60 years old and tough as nails. I think he's younger than that. I think he's like 48. He's definitely not 48. He's not 60. He definitely did master 5 and that's above 50. He's in incredibly good shape and for a long time he would beat up he like be- normal like he beat the shit out of me one time. No, he he would wreck people. Like yeah. he choked out Andres in a super fight in front of everyone one time. Like he he's definitely, good. He definitely beat my ass one he's time. He's totally good and very talented, very skilled. He also has a judo black belt. And he's a judo black belt and he's a third degree, but he's an older dude and he runs a bunch of businesses and is like very successful he in actually other owns walks a, of life. He owns a chain of wiener schnitzels. Yeah, he owns like all the wiener schnitzels <laughs> in San Diego. That's his thing. He's so the, king, the wiener king of He San doesn't Diego. come in very often. He probably comes in once a week or something, misses warm ups. Yeah, doesn't get kicked out. Never for does it. technique. Doesn't get kicked out for it. He shows um, up late, literally all the time. Shows up late all the time. Not a problem for anyone else. Just I'm the problem with that. So you sound so bitter. I am. <laughs> and uh, he's sensei he, so Louis, should bro. He, he like I would give him his fourth stripe, even if he only shows up once every it's a degree two weeks. I mean, not that I'm qualified to give stripes like that, but he's but he doesn't teach, right? He doesn't yeah. teach. He doesn't. Com- he competes rarely, once every other year. Yeah, but when he does compete, the, the other masters leave on stretchers. Yeah, he does. literally he at his last tournament, he, like if he bow and arrow chokes another person, and they're his age, like they yeah. don't just tap out and walk off the mat. Yeah, it's the, like they, verte- their vertebrae got ripped off. Vertebrae get separated. <laughs> He's a Korean man with like I heard he was genetics. kicked off the judo Olymp- Olympic judo team in Korea. He got kicked off the team because he was hurting everybody in training. He's been kicked out of gyms for hurting people in training too. But it's not I like I don't blame him because I've rolled with him and I understand like 
a, a hobbyist versus Louis, they're going to think they can like handle him. Right. Like if you look at him with like just in his gi, it's like, oh, just like a nice old dude. But isn't he? He's the originator of chopstick guard. Yeah, chopstick guard. That's Louis. Yeah, because he would just kick his legs frivolously, right? Like no, no, he plays this like sleeve pants grips with his with a butterfly, and that's chopstick. Guard. Okay. So he Wait, goes like butterfly. So pants sleeve, sleeve like Leandro Lowe. but with butterfly. With then, butterfly hooks, and then he had a really good guard from there, and it was no one else does it. Only he does it. No one could pass his guard with it. I always found it hard to pass his guard because he would just start kicking like a child. Like if you start passing, he just start stomping on you, yeah, kicking he, you. He, well, you also can't blame him because like he doesn't. He's older, so he doesn't have a lot of flexibility in his hips. So he does do a lot of kicking to like recover. If you go this way, he's like. Kick, I kick, think kick. he also did another martial art that involves kicking. Taekwondo, probably. Maybe. He is Korean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing about Louis is he's a nut stomper. This is something we need to talk about. Because Louis will absolutely grab both of your pants and just stomp on your nuts to sweep you. Your no- experiences with him are much different than mine. I've never had these problems. He never nut stomped you? You know who else is a nut stomper you know sometimes? What I know what happened. Lear Jr. I know exactly what happened. See, Louis is the kind of guy that if you don't assert your dominance over him, he's going to stomp on your nuts. So you really got to get in there and like take it to him. Like, yeah, I, I was trying. I don't take it easy on Louis. I was trying to be respectful because he's nah, nah, a nah. fucking old he, man. If you don't, res- if you don't show him the respect that he deserves, he's not going to respect you. He's going to stomp your nuts. So you deserve. No, it. I was showing him respect, and he's nuts. But him. that makes him not feel respected. He, for him to feel respected, you have to fight. You have hard. to disrespect him. You got to disrespect him and fight hard. <laughs> That's what he wants. He wants you to get in there and grind and like really take it to him and not think of him as an old man. Then I'm worried he's just going to stump. Stomp on my nuts harder. No, like so. When I roll with Louis, like no mercy. You the know what second, I'm talking about when the, I talk about the oh nut yeah. stomp, right? Oh it's, yeah, it's you gotta a, avoid some, it. When someone's playing, the they're playing guard. They're playing single leg X. They get two hands on the pants and they put their foot yeah. straight up your crotch and stomp on your nuts with Liera the bottom. Liera is bad about that. Liera does it too, and they just lift you up off the mat with their foot on your nuts. So look, just so the just so everyone can see. On the on the cast, <laughs> yeah, on the video, you grab the pants, you just stomp up on the nuts, and then tilt them over. And they, they get up on their tippy toes, like, oh my, yeah. my balls. And because, yeah, you can't do anything. You're paralyzed because you just got stomped on the nuts. So, of course, you're going to get it's swept. It's more of an upkick than a stomp. I just, like, throw my hips onto the mat just to remove their foot out of my crotch. Yeah, so when when you roll with him, you know that's coming. So and he has long legs. So you got to be really aggressive and fast with your Toriander to get his feet out of your groin area because that's his main attack is right. the, nut, the nut crusher. So you avoid it, and then you go really hard and try and pass chopstick guard right away, which is a feat in itself. And you confirm Lear does this too. Lear does Not as lot, much, but he lot. definitely does it. It's like his best sweep. <laughs> well, okay. He does it all the time. And so sometimes people are trying to hook their toes just on the crotch of the pants, the pant crotch. You know the bag, yeah, the yeah, extra yeah. material? That's a Lucas Lepre technique. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, right? If you can just hook your toes on that material that's in the gooch area. The gusset of the gi, the, you could call it. The gusset? It's called a gusset. Is yeah. that a word? Yep, the gusset is the, the part of the pants where they like sew in that triangle. So right, not a the diamond. In the middle. Yeah. The crotch diamond. That's a gusset. It's a crotch diamond. It's called a gusset, though. A That's gusset. It. What the fuck does that even mean, gusset? It's a French word. I don't expect you to know what it means. Then if it was gusset, if it's French, it's gusset. You didn't, stu- <laughs> you didn't, study, you didn't study French like I did in high school. Gus- how, do you, how do you pronounce a French word that ends in How about E-T? I look it up for you, bro? It's gusset? I don't know if it's, it's French. I was just gusset. making that up. You don't know. You don't speak French. Yeah, the piece of material is sewn into a garment to strengthen or enlarge a part of it, such as the collar of a shirt or the crotch of an undergarment. The crotch of an undergarment. I mean, whatever. It's called a gusset. 
Uh, Catches all the crotch slime that Ew, your dude. body excretes when okay. you're hot and sweaty li- living in Tucson, Arizona. You're, if you're excreting <laughs> crotch slime, you should go get checked out because that is not normal. <laughs> okay, so the other thing about Louie is he... Someone's been coming on to too many white belts. Too many white belt girls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the about, I'm okay, trying to find the, the etymology. So here's the thing about Louis. He also always, always, always trains with the Can't girls. I always, if there's ever a girl visiting the academy, Louis oh, yeah. Louis on top of that's it. That's the other thing, too. you got to not let Louis train with the girls because he doesn't take any mercy on them either. Yeah, he's always. And the, and the girls would always then complain, be like, oh, this guy scratched me. Because <laughs> Louis has really long, creepy fingernails like an old <laughs> Asian man would, you know? like Right. <laughs> like Pai Mei. You know, like, okay. just like you know, t- is that from Kill Bill? Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, Pai <laughs> I think, I think that's how you said it. But yeah, he had like creepy long fingernails. Payway. No, that's a food. That's Payway. That's a restaurant. I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyways, and yeah, so this one girl showed me this massive scratch on the back of her neck from Louie. Like he gouged, he just gashed her with his fingernails. Oh yeah, he fights hard against girls, and he's not a small dude either. He's massive. He's like one ninety and jacked. Crystal's over there giggling because she hates guys that train hard with girls. <laughs> I mean, that's what you sign up for, though. As a girl coming into a jiu-jitsu gym, you got to realize that a lot of people in there don't know how to control their strength or don't care or have such fragile egos that they will ne- not be willing to let a girl do anything. That's what it they is. they can't stand the idea of getting beat by a girl. So, so what is the deal with guys trying to get all alpha and bullyish with girls? Like, why? I think that's why. Like, they just... You if they're... they're it They're happens not, all the time. It happens when you're not good enough to actually beat girls. So if you're not actually good enough to beat girls, you fight super crazy hard and you end think up it's hurting an, them. You think it's an ego thing? I it's think like, probably I, I can't, like, I just can't lose to this girl. Yeah, like to, feel, like, to roll with a girl and feel like they're actually beating you and, like, you're not just letting them beat you is a different feeling than, like, letting a girl work, you know? So I, when I was a teenager, I was 14. Uh, I, I started training at Casio Wernick's Academy, and there was this blue belt chick, and she would make me cry. Like, she would beat me up so bad that I would leave the gym crying because I was so, like, crushed that this girl had just beaten me up. And I would try so what hard was, against her. What was her, her belt? She was a blue belt, and I was a white belt. Okay. And she would wreck me, man, like, submit me with triangles and pass my guard. Were, were just, you guys about the same size? Yeah, we were the same size. It was a fair fight. Like, she was, like, 28 or 29, and I was 14. Okay. Like, we were... We were fi- we would fight hard. She was like my main. She was a partner. woman. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like a. And you were a teenage. Yeah, I was a teenage like pubescent boy. Yeah. Okay. Um, but she would wreck me, and I I know that feeling because I've experienced it, and I I could see how an adult man would take it much worse to get beat up like by a, a girl. forty a forty year old man. Yeah, and with like, a wife. It's totally reasonable for a forty year old man to get beat up by a, a like someone who's really good and athletic like Crystal. She's gonna beat up a lot of dudes. Yeah. So they're going to feel that same feeling that I felt of like just complete emasculation. Well, I don't know why Crystal didn't beat up the guy that broke into our house a couple months ago. Yeah, that was a crazy story. Apparently a guy broke into the house where we were recording and Crystal was sleeping here. That's your job, Crystal, is to attack the invaders. Crystal is supposed to be the... Yeah, like a chihuahua. Yeah, so instead of of immediately double-legging this large man into the coffee table over there, she said, what did you say? (laughs) Who the fuck Who are the you? Fuck are you? <laughs> and guy. he said, and what did he say? <laughs> he said, oh. But what was the thing he said as he was leaving? He's like, mm hmm. 
So he thought it was an old girlfriend's house or something. But like he walked into later the wrong on, we, apartment. we realized he's actually been convicted for burglary in the past and was breaking into other people's houses. But he he gave you some sass on the way out of the door, right? She said, uh-huh. <laughs> Crystal gave him some sass because Crystal's sassy. And said, it's a good way to disarm someone. He said, I'm someone. leaving. And she said, mm-hmm. And then he said, oh, she said, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And she was like, damn right I said that. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of like a full-on brawl, which is what I would think would escalate, she if sh- someone's in your living room in the middle of the night, pitch black, they had like a sassy back and forth and he left. That's a good way to think about it. It's a good way to disarm someone who's really pissed off at you. You know, but just, later they found a 17 inch blade in his bag. Seven. Oh, a seven. seven he had blade. a seven inch knife and he had three purses and he was going around stealing things. And he had and prior, crystal basically just like intimidated him out of the house. Yeah. He had prior convictions and he was an active gang member and he entered our house at 10 PM. Yeah. And, and my little, my little fierce, Latina roommate scared him away with her chihuahua barking. And Josh came downstairs and didn't believe her. He's like, there's no one in here. I don't see anyone outside. <laughs> I know. And then turns out we almost died. So anyways, um, Crystal, do you do you have experiences with um, guys trying to train with you super, super hard just because you're a girl and they're trying to like alpha out on you? Do you want to come say it into the mic? Someone get this girl a mic. No, we, don't, we don't have an extra mic for her. Anyways, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I always thought guys are trying to impress the girls. Like, I feel like... Uh-huh. He's got mad. Just try to break Chris, her. Crystal's saying that she rolled with a white belt and she passed his guard and he got really mad and tried no, to... No, brown. Brown belt. Oh. Brown belt. I couldn't hear. Brown belt. Hulked out on you, dick. Yeah, popped her, popped her ankle just because he couldn't handle, handle, can handle his ego getting bruised. The thing is, um, I always thought guys wanted to impress girls. Like, I'm gonna show this girl how tough I am, and go. I'm trained super hard, and then like, I don't know. Maybe in their mind, the girl's gonna be like, "Oh my god, this guy is so strong. I should, I should go out with him." You think that's what it is? I don't know. It's one. I mean, what else is it? Like, I don't. I, I get no satisfaction out of dominating a smaller female on a jiu-jitsu mat. And my very first training partner was a girl, and she was amazing. Her name was Erica Montoya, and she's a straight-up pioneer of women's MMA. She was fighting MMA in Japan in, like, 2002 in Shudo. And she was badass. And when I met her, she was a purple belt. I was a white belt. And she would just, no matter so a similar situation yeah, as me. She yeah. Would, yeah, she would kick the shit out of me, but I never got upset about it. I didn't cry like a little bitch, but... I like appreciated her, you know, and like there were times when I definitely tried to step it up on her and she was just, and she would just tell me like straight up. She'd be like, what are you doing? And no matter what I did, she could always find an omoplata. She'd always just put me in omoplata because of yeah. course that's what you do to bigger, stronger guys. This girl would tr- my girl would triangle me. But you agree like try omoplata is a pretty good strategy against strong, oh, yeah. stronger people. Yeah. That's like the best move you can do against bigger, stronger people. This girl ended up becoming one of my best friends for years and um, so then from then on, I always had like an appreciation for like technical, good female training partners and how they need to be like treated, not like a grappling dummy. For sure. The the general rule of thumb is you match the girl's strength and then let the technique play out. Yes. Regardless of if you win or lose, you don't ever resort to like masculine strength to get out of positions because that's how you injure someone. So if you'd want to know how to roll with girls, 
match their strength, match their speed, and then use your technique. And if you beat them up with that, that's fine. But you're not going to hurt them because you're matching their strength. Right. So if you feel like you're muscling anything, you're doing it wrong. And that's how you're going to be a jerk and hurt someone. And I think some people just genuinely don't know how to control themselves. So it's, there's no mental intention well, is, of, any, yeah. of any side. This it's is called grappling maturity. Yeah, they just don't know what they're doing. And they're just like a big dude in there. Like the big white belt who's like 250 and just hurts people because he's so big and doesn't know, understand that he's so big. And all he knows is that he's losing, and so he just like. And I don't want to rip. I don't want to rip on big guys because I will say I think it's hard to be a big guy in jujitsu. I think they get a bad rap. Tell me about it, dude. Had it hard. Yeah, as a big guy. No, but seriously, like imagine if you if you're watching a tournament and there's the open class and you see a super heavyweight fighting a middleweight, automatically you're going to root for the middleweight. Automatically, you're always going to want the smaller guy to win. So imagine you're a big guy with good intentions. You're just a nice guy with with polite, aggressive, cool jujitsu, but everyone's always rooting against you because you're big. Just because you're big, not because you're a dick, not because you tried to use your strength or your power, but just the mere fact that you're a big guy, people don't want you to win. They always want the little guy to win. I don't know if that's true. It is true. I've witnessed it happen. I've caught myself doing it too. I In my mind, I'm always kind of like rooting for the little guy. A good example of that is when I fought the Meow, the Meow Brothers so many times in 2012 and 2013. What belt was that? Purple and brown. We had ten, nine or ten fights against each other at like finals of all the major events. And the final match for me to double gold, double grand slam again at brown belt, it was the eighth gold medal I would need to do it in the finals of the world absolute division. Paulo finally beat me for the first time. And that Wait, video, you always beat him? Yeah, I always beat him every time previously. For like nine matches in a row. Well, him and Joao mixed up. And then the final match, they beat me. And that video has like double the views of any wait, of my other matches. Wait, then. I love the fact that you said they beat you. Yeah. Like the both of them. Basically. They both I mean, jumped it on It was you. a team effort. A Why would you percent. say they, they beat you? I was, ta- cause I was just- talking about Paulo, who we already discussed earlier, is two people in one. <laughs> I wasn't speaking about Joao. I was saying they, Paulo, and the third okay. triplet. Paulo, meow, meow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's true. People wanted me to lose first then. Right, because you were bigger and they were smaller. Yeah. And that's it. It had nothing to do with your personality, your your style, your jiu-jitsu. It's just the fact that you were bigger. Yeah. But little guys don't get as much publicity as the bigger divisions. Like, the heavier weight class divisions definitely get more, like, clout and interest for, like, what you, what happens in those yeah, divisions. Yeah, because everybody wants to be the heavyweight world champion. Yeah. That sounds cool. Like Mike Tyson. Well, I think the matches just result in more dominance. Like if one person starts winning, they start winning a lot harder. Whereas at the lighter divisions, it's like if one person's winning, it's usually by a much smaller margin. So people want to see people get smashed and thrown and submitted. And that kind of happens in the heavy and super heavy, ultra heavy divisions. Would you agree that jujitsu matches look, I mean, this is an obvious question, but they look different between the lower weight classes and the upper weight classes. Oh, a thousand percent. Okay, so which weight class do you think has the most entertaining style of jujitsu? I think super heavy. Super heavy. Yeah, I think it, you get a mix of like the really powerful humans that can really launch people with throws and be very dangerous in their explosive movements, but then they're also not so big that they don't have good guards. So you have people that very dynamic guards with a lot of aggressive attacks. 
And at ultra heavy, you don't really see that. It's no. like only half guard. Those, are, those guys are too big. They're too big. Yeah. And so any, if you get any lower than that, then you're in heavyweight. Then it becomes like the, the heavyweights don't have as much power to really launch each other and like beat each other like as dynamically. Except Kynan. Are you just speaking about yourself? No, I feel it. Like look at the matches. If you just look, the super heavy division for sure is the most exciting division. The most submissions, the I most disagree. reversals, the most sweeps, I'm, the I most just, throws. Like, it has everything. Whereas if the lower you go, the less there is takedowns, the less there is of actual guard passing because it's harder to pass the lower people's, the lower belts, or not lower belts, I'm gonna, lower I'm gonna, I'm going to choose medium heavy. Not just because that's my division, but I just think that's... Who won me- medium heavy this year? Uh, no one knows. The Worlds? Yeah. No one even cares. That's a really good question. Lucas didn't win. That's all I know. And so... When Lucas won, Lucas is very exciting and powerful, submits a lot of people. But anyone else, who's like, who's in that division? Wait, who won? I don't know, Batiste, because no Batiste, one cares. Oh, was it, it was Penna. Oh. Yeah, Penna. He, <laughs> he, beat, he beat Gustavo. Oh, yeah, Penna won. Yeah. I forgot. I guess that was exciting. But it was, a, it was like not a super dynamic match. It was like a 50-50 match. Right, right. It wasn't like dynamic, like the ultra heavyweight final, which was – Ali versus Murugali, and it was, like, super crazy. You don't dynamic. think the lower weights are exciting at all? I don't find them as exciting, no. They're double, double guard pulling, but Yeah, I, I think that's why they don't get as much attention from the community. But I think they sh- I mean, I, I think they should. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying from a spectator standpoint, people tend to gravitate more towards the higher weight divisions from a viewer perspective. Anyways. Big man biasness. Little man biasness. I don't know. I, th- I think middleweight's nice, too. Middleweight's always very interesting. Middleweight, medium heavy, in my opinion. I think middleweight and super heavy. Oh, you agree with middleweight? Yeah, I like. I think middleweight's is like the the one exception. Nice. With like They just have a, such a mix of talent in there. Gabriel Arches, Izaki, so many different styles. That's where you first start to see like a deviation in the styles. So you get matchups where it's like top guy, takedown, pressure passer, fast-moving passer versus guard player with like crazy guards and you get those like classic matchups which make it exciting but at the lower belt it's almost all guard player versus guard player and then like the guard player who's comfortable coming on top and that's basically it um i'm just gonna change topics real quick oh, okay i was well weird th- i was thinking i was thinking about i was to be honest i was thinking about the rooster weights right now and kayo and uh bruno malvasini and like i was always super interested in their matches but then i was thinking about like uh, all the resets that they had when they go out of bounds and how that becomes very controversial. How does this guy know my my PRs in the gym? He just listed my PRs, but I don't th- I don't think I can squat that heavy. Are they accurate? I know that pretty accurate, yeah. Maybe he's just. I can bench more than two twenty five at two forty five. I'm just gonna say I don't remember bench being your strongest lift or squat. Squat squat's not my strongest lift. Deadlift. I can, I can deadlift. probably bench more than I can squat. I think you had a solid deadlift. Oh yeah, if I recall. Squats are just so awkward because you're so tall. Yeah, I just tip forward. It's like, oh. So anyways, I was going to ask, um, have you had very many experiences with people cheating on a reset when it's time to remake the grips? Oh, yeah. So I feel like this is really common and almost it's becoming almost normal, which I hate, that people think it's okay to try to get a better grip when they have a reset. Like they go out of bounds, they get they, they separate, the referee looked at the position. They go back to the center. They try to recreate the position. And then someone, of course, is cheating. So this is where there's a huge par- <clears throat> I hate paradox in their rules where they say you can't talk to the ref 
But sometimes, when, when sometimes you can. But sometimes you can. <laughs> but there's no like asterisk that says when. Right. But so like if you talk to the ref when there's a reset happening. So I like in a lot of my matches, I have very unique lapel grips that I need back that I've worked hard towards. And then we go out of bounds maybe three minutes into the match, and I want my grip back so I don't have to start over the grip setup and process to get back to them. So I have to look at the ref and be like, ref, do you, like, look, I have this grip on his lapel. It's under his thigh while he's resetting us. It's a risk, though, because he might just be like, shut yeah, up. The second you open your mouth shut to, up, a penalty. to a referee. How dare you speak to the referee? <laughs> I am God on this, this domain. For the next seven minutes, you are mine. And they take control of the match. But I have to say it because if I don't, that person's going to tie his gi Put the belt right, back on, right. and like so, you have that's part of it. When you go out of bounds, you look at the ref and you say, "These, are, do you see my grips, ref? I have this one here. I have this one here." And you just say it, and then you do it. I do that every time. I've been doing that since purple. I do it in the training room when there's no ref. We go out of bounds, and I say, "Ref," I look at an imaginary ref, and I say, "Ref, I have these grips. Do you see this?" And then we go back. Okay, but your opponent trying to get better grips. Yeah, they'll try. But if you if you stop and actually talk to the ref and clarify the grips. It'll so, be fresh in his head, and it's less likely to happen. So you're going to clarify your opponent's grips, too? Yeah. You're like, ref, look at his right hand. Yeah, I want it to be fair. I want it to be a fair thing. Like, they have good grips. I don't, I'm not going to try and, like, weasel them off or something. But it know? is becoming abnormally acceptable to, to try to cheat on resets, and it's really pissing me off. It's always been like that. Why? There's no honor in, che- in cheating to win. Like, that would eat me up on the inside. I'd be like, yeah, I won I mean, that there's match, a lot but of I cheaters, did, but bro. I cheated. <laughs> So I don't, that, that's so lame. There's a lot of people who don't care about Why that. can't you just keep, get your grips that you had and earn your victory? Why, Keenan? I don't know. Maybe, Why? Maybe they just think it's okay to like spider your finger in a little deeper maybe. or It just doesn't. But it happens all the time. It happens in Herbert's matches a lot. He'll be like, I had this grip. He even though he, no, even when he didn't. And he'll like get the grip deeper and like get fuck with everyone like the guy he's competing against and the ref be like no i had it i had it even if yeah. he didn't or like in training in training this happens too not not on a reset per se but like, let's say we're starting in a situation like you have to start with a single leg all right and you have to put one knee down and you're hugging the guy's leg and you're waiting for the the coach to say go and like the person who's standing is going to start leaning on you and start putting pressure on you when we're just setting up the position it's like bro we're not even going yet stop fucking leaning on me and they're trying to just get like that little jump on you. It's like, man, what? Why are you trying to win in training by cheating? Like, what are you going to gain from that? How is that going to make your jiu-jitsu better? That's that's the ego. It's dude. training for one. You're not even going to get a stupid five Every, five thinks, dollar gold medal. Everyone thinks jujitsu has no ego in it. Like that's a, such a misconception that jujitsu just once you start, you just naturally have no ego. I know? definitely notice. Everyone does. I definitely notice people try to advance their position in a cheater kind of way when the match is not live. And I'm just like, bro, this is training. Who gives a fuck if you win this right now? And then you're going to win because you cheated because you got, you leaned on me before I leaned on you. So now my posture is kind of fucked or I'm off balance. And, and when the rep coach says go, you're going to win. Like who cares? It's training. Yeah. Um, you used to do this. We got to start wrapping it up. Cause I got to get going pretty soon. You don't got anywhere to be. Yes, I do. In the next 10 minutes or we got to finish up in 10 minutes yeah. jesus hey are you gonna go to mariana's open or no uh what's the date on it again august 7 out of fuck. i think i'm doing a i forgot i'm doing a uh event i'm doing like a team event which i don't think i'm allowed to talk about seriously yeah no give us a little hint give us a little teaser uh 
Craig Jones is the team captain, and he invited me. Polaris team. It's, it's not. No. It's like through something else, but I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. I haven't signed anything, so I mean, I guess I could, but I don't want to well, spoil the secret. Clearly, it's Nogi because that's all Craig Jones does. Yeah, it's Nogi, man, and I hate Nogi. I trained Nogi yesterday, and it just made me realize that I just hate it. Yeah, and I hear you say that every year. And, and I that, keep doing it because it's my job. Well, it's like you forget about it, and then... I don't forget. I always know. It's always that every time I take my gi off, it's just sadness just envelops me until I can put my gi back on. So right now, you guys are going to have a gi training session? Gi training session, optional no gi for people who want to train gi. I've, I've invited San Diego's best to come meet me to a training session that I will be conducting highly illegal train session a lot of people are going to be there who are not allowed to be there so when we see the group picture we should know that there's like 10 other people that were there that were there that hiding, aren't allowed because of stupid gym rules and hiding behind politics the camera. yeah um well that's cool yep you're welcome to come but i know you don't want you don't like training hard i'm just so. super tired man I traveled this weekend. I didn't get to rest. I'm super beat up right now. And what if you just came, come and hung out? Dude? To be honest, how about you just come hang out? Why don't we just hop right in my car, keep the live stream going, and just go? Tempting. And then, so like the, the first half of the podcast will be like high production quality, and then we'll just like transition into just jank podcast on the freaking live stream. We're thing. always janky, man. Because the live stream thing will just keep going if I don't turn it off. Like it'll just keep going. Super jinky. I say but we no, do it. The truth is I need to set up my Shopify account because I'm trying to make t-shirts for How about this, this? How about this? Hey, I just want to let everyone know that Josh. I'm trying to put together some t-shirts. Josh, 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 I have an idea. I have a good idea. Okay. So this backpack, the camera goes onto the shoulder. So yes. it's like a convenient little shoulder mount there. Yes. You should come and wear it and live stream the training session and just hang out. And just talk shit. And just, yeah, like commentate and just talk and be like, uh, you'll have the chat open on your phone. You can see what the people are saying and you can like, <laughs> and it'll just be an extenu- extension of the You know podcast. what I would do though? I would just sit there and talk shit about you. That's the, whatever the you want to do, man. The entire time. It would just be fun. I'm just kidding. I but I don't know it. if people want to be on camera at the training session, but I think it would be awesome for people Definitely to see. no one wants to be on live camera streaming on the internet. So everyone can see them. And Park donated $5 and said, outside of your sponsors, who makes the best gi and why? I love the Hyperflies. Bro, um, come on. Judo fly gi. That's I'm not joking. It's my favorite gi. Shut up. Because I helped them design it. Like, I found a, a prototype they have in, collecting dust in their warehouse. Hate and I was like, what is this? And they were like, that, that was a gi that Sanji would, uh, one originally wanted. Sanji. Whatever. Sanji, Sanji. Sanji. I don't know how to pronounce an X, dude. Who knows how to pronounce Xs in different languages? So I saw it and I was like, this is awesome. Like, what is this cut? Like, can we, like, work with it? And they are like, oh, it's like a judo thing. Like, I don't think it'll work for jiu-jitsu. And I was like, can we just got to, like, slim it up here and, like, do this. And I was just in there, like, designing okay. and tailoring the, it. The truth is that neither one of us are li- – we're literally not allowed to say any other gi. Like, if he said anything other than Hyperfly, he's going to get in trouble. If okay, I say, but any, if I I say also, anything other than Havrock, I'm going to get in trouble. But also, if you should Havrock only is, align with brands that you truly believe in, and it is your favorite. So I, I agree. Which is what I do. I agree. But every man has his price. Of course. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I what's, the, what's the shittiest gi brand? I, you probably can't even say it. It's probably probably not, anything I, I that Gordon Ryan was sponsored by. Um. You know, Gordon Ryan ran his sponsors out of business because he just tried to charge too much and then can't actually <laughs> advertise effectively to keep I, the companies in business. I don't want, this is a fi- I don't want to walk a fine line. Of, at what point can we get sued if we say something bad about a, a about company? Gordon Ryan? A, a company. Gordon no, Ryan's a gi company. No, a gi company. 
I don't want to say anything bad about a gay company and have them come after yeah, us. Yeah, we can. It's just we can, free speech, dude. We can say whatever. Just we want. say it's okay as long as you as long as you note that it's your opinion. Okay. In, yeah, in that's my, my opinion. In my opinion, I should go without saying. In my opinion, Habrock is the best. Otherwise, I would have left them because I've been with them for. But over you two also years. don't even know anything about geese and how they work. You're just a no gee guy. You don't understand the finer details of a gee and what makes it special. Tell me. Well, first, it's the Enlighten the me. skirt pleat is very important to be slightly thinner than the upper body jacket because otherwise you get this really boxy look that's very uncomfortable to train in and not really an effective gi. So you get this Why? the diamond skirt that just hugs a little tighter, which allows you more mobility in your hips and rotational movement. Like a V-cut. It's all, it, well, you do the it's, upper it gets body more slender on jacket, the and then there's a second layer of fabric, which is like the diamond weave, which is slightly thinner and like lets your abdomen breathe more and like you don't get as hot. And it's a very important part of the gi, I think. And then you also want to have a gi that has really strong reinforced lapels because it helps defend chokes. So that if the lapels are thicker, which a lot of people don't like because it's a heavier gi and it feels like it's in your face or like it's like bulky in your neck, but it actually helps a lot to defend back chokes. Um, or a the sleeve grips. I'm giving away trade secrets. When the sleeve grips are really thick, it's very easy to break the grip of the opponent. Yeah, thicker gis are better. But so the downside, part- the downside is a heavier the gi is the heavier weight division you have to be in right. because these gis can like a really thick gi can weigh upwards of seven pounds. You definitely got to cut a couple extra pounds. Carbolito has this this gi from Shoyo. Getting a lot of five dollar donations. I just hey, want to thank these guys. Why don't you just chill out for a Cron- second? Well, they're paying you money. Five dollars from Cron Stockton. He just said thanks for work i don't know what it man crown stockton you're the man thank you and i like your name obviously you're from stockton and you like the cron and i respect that so i guess we're just not gonna do the live stream plan huh because you want to do a shopify thing well i'm just saying i have some some t-shirts to put together for the people some matt burn podcast t-shirts I don't know why you want to do that when I already have a Shopify store set up. And I you just, just want to because I can't. Let you just you want to be in control. Of the you money. just want to be in control. You're I, upset that no, I'm. Doing, you're upset I want that you I'm setting to film and provide content for the listeners. I want you to bring this badass piece of equipment that I bought that I'm not charging our company. Okay, fine, fine. I'll so go. It's just a I'll personal yeah, investment go. I made because I think it'll give back to our people. Okay, and you it. want to just stay home and you're just money motivated and all you care about is t-shirts and money. I just think isn't isn't think, that true? I just Kristen? think I have some really cool T-shirt ideas, and I think the people might like a map. I podcast have t-shirt. a login that you can literally. I will give you the login. You can look in there and put the logo on a T-shirt, and people can instantly buy it. Okay, and it'll be shipped to them, and it's there. It exists already. You're so convincing. Where did you develop this skill of convincing? Because I I can see things as they actually are, and not clouded by your greed. You. <laughs> 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 you just don't want me to have my own Shopify. No, I think I think we should share all the accounts except my YouTube channel. Oh, why is that? Because we should all see what's going on with our. Why? But why? Why not share your YouTube channel? Because that's a separate thing. It's not just the Mapper podcast. This is just a secondary promotion that I'm just doing to I, help promote the Mapper def- podcast. I share everything with you. I don't have the iTunes logins, and I don't care. I don't even I don't know see the, what the login is. Okay, how do I get in there, then? I want to see the iTunes. Well, I, I, it's all built up through Anchor. Oh, really? It, it, oh, it publishes them to all so of yeah, them. Oh, yeah, Anchor is connected to all the other platforms, yeah, yeah. so we deal with Anchor, and then it gets distributed. All right. Some shit Everyone you- calm down, okay? Everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. Nothing. So... Nothing wrong is happening here. I just want to go ahead and let everyone know that the Mariana's Open is going down next month in Guam. So please sign up and support Chamorro Jiu-Jitsu. 
Yep. And do you want to do the last, uh, our it's last your, sponsor? It's your turn, brother. Okay. Your turn, buddy. For Dennis and Rossi. Didn't we have another sponsor that we had to talk about? Is that not we're, I'm, in nego- I'm in negotiations with a few other, but I messaged them and they weren't ready for us to be on this episode. So, Okay. So um, we're just going to go over one last sponsor thing before we shut down and then maybe Josh will attend me to attend with me to my class. <coughs> Let me just try to burp a little get from the, that bang. Get the snot out of your throat. Yeah, I might be getting a little sick. Dennis and Rossi is our sponsor this week and every week. They are a Southern California law firm focusing on employment claims for things like unpaid wages, harassment, and wrongful termination. They don't do any other type of law. It's just strictly employment cases. So if your company's not paying you overtime correctly, if you're not getting all of your breaks, you're being harassed or discriminated against, give them a call. They fight for workers' rights against big corporations. The number is 714-242-4557, or you can visit DennisRossiLaw.com. The consultations are free, and they speak Spanish, if that's your first language. That's your thing. Doesn't have to be your first. They language. also speak English. I just want to clarify that too. They um, also speak Persian. Rossi is really is Persian. Yeah. So that's actually Farsi. That's what they speak. Right? Uh, I got. I have a little beef with what you just said. Is that not how Farsi is the Persian word for Persian? Oh, really? So okay, if we okay, were yeah. speaking to each other in Farsi, you would say Farsi. Okay. So, but but we're speaking English, and so the English word for Farsi that's confusing is Persian. So in other countries, what do they? That's like saying. Like, what is the Spanish? Okay, that'd be like saying, hey, guys, uh, let's say we speak Russian or someone speaks Russian. And instead of saying the word Russian, no, instead of saying the word Russian, we say the word Ruski. You speak any Ruski, bro? (laughs) Hey, you want a Bruski and want to speak some Ruski at the same time? Or if, like, you speak Turkish, you're going to say, I speak Turkche. Like, what? All right. We're speaking English, bro. You're you're the linguist. Persian. Everyone, no, but this is, I don't know why it is with Farsi and Persian. Everyone always gets all snotty about it. Well, it's the the Persians. They they always say that. They want to, they really identify with the name Persian, which is really Iran, right? Iran. Iran. Sorry. Long ah. Iran. Or Afghanistan. But they prefer to be called Persian, or at least the ones that I've, the the Persians I've met in the U.S. Can you name all the Persian countries in the world? No. There's more than one. The only one I actually know is um, Iran. from 300, where they had that that weird god king with the yeah, that was the thing. Persian Empire, that was the Persian Empire, yeah, um, Iran, Afghanistan, and Tajikistan. Okay, you ever heard of that? No, Tajikistan. No, but we really have to get going, so we got to end this podcast. Okay, shout out Habrock Sports, Monkey Tape, Gnarly Nutrition, CBD Distillery. And don't forget, everyone who's here watching the live stream and those listening on the podcast, if you go to my YouTube channel and you click the little notification bell next to the subscribe button on any video, you'll get a notification to your phone if you're logged in on YouTube. You'll get a notification letting you know when we go live again for when we do this again. And I'm going to incorporate a lot more live stream stuff into what we do because I have this awesome backpack. Because he spent so much money on this backpack. And I have to use it. I'm literally obligated to use it because of how much money I spent on it. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, also, 10 days from now, I'm in, in Indiana and Ohio and Madison, Wisconsin for seminars. Check me out on my Instagram, HingerBJJ. Cool. Yeah. And Crystal, for those of you that are wondering, Crystal on Instagram is Crystal G and a G, right? Underscore in there? No. Yes. There's several underscores. Just search Crystal G and you'll see her. Crystal G underscore in underscore a uh, underscore G. She's got the lion hair. 
the lion mane of hair, and she's sponsored by Habrock, so you'll see those on her Instagram if you want to follow her. Cool. She's kind of like our Jamie. She kind of just hangs out over maybe, there, maybe in the, in the corner. If in you the if you chase out a few more home invaders, then we'll promote you. We'll promote you to vid- you, video tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so All that's right, gonna guys. be it for us, guys. Thanks the for the stream in. is gonna continue though, so just watch what you say. The stream will continue. The podcast is ending now. Bro, we're not going to stream all the way to 540. Why not? You just leave it on. Why not? No one's going to watch that. I've literally had like 400 viewers as I, d- I did that the other day. <laughs> I li- I've done it a few times now. Okay. All right. For the podcast listeners, we'll see you all later. For the live stream listeners, we're not going anywhere. Stay hard, my friends. And I mean that in Wait, like... Wait, what? Be t- I mean that like be tough. What uh, did you just say? <laughs> dang, that came out wrong. <laughs> What a way to end the podcast. David, Gog- that David Goggins always says, stay hard. Dennis and Rossi, the law, for- the law firm, uh, KeenoOnline.com, our other sponsor, and um, Mariana's, open. Mariana's Open. Check those things out, guys. Josh is uh, HingerBJJ on Instagram. I fucking hate you. And I'm Keno Cornelius on Instagram. Hinger. And I'll see you guys next time. We're going to stop recording now. Keenest the penis. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.